Welcome to the Private School Leader Podcast, where private school leaders learn how to thrive and not just survive as they serve and lead their schools. I strongly believe that it is possible to have a long and happy and fulfilling career as a private school leader. And my passion is to help you figure out exactly how to do just that right here on the Private School Leader Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Minkus. So I want to tell you that I graduated from high school in 1985. And if you've ever been to my about page, you know that I'm obsessed with the 80s. And I'm obsessed with the movies like Rocky IV and Die Hard and Top Gun, Footloose, Back to the Future, The Breakfast Club, Dirty Dancing, and about six Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. A lot of good movies in the 80s. Um, The TV shows that were on in the 80s, Miami Vice and Cheers and Magnum P.I. and Family Ties, ALF, The Love Boat, Fantasy Island. And if you're not familiar with any of those movies or any of those TV shows, I'm sure that they're out there. And I know that I'm older than a lot of you listening to the podcast, but 80s movies, 80s TV, and 80s fashion. Um, Big hair, leg warmers, parachute pants. Yes, I had two pair of parachute pants in high school. Um, There was spandex out there. There were all kinds of neon colors. But by far, the best thing about the 80s was the music. Michael Jackson, Huey Lewis, Kenny Loggins, Madonna, The Police, Duran Duran, Men at Work, Tears for Fears, Wham, Prince, Culture Club. You could list a hundred good bands or artists from the 80s. So I want to tell you why I'm talking about the 80s, other than the fact that I'm obsessed about the 80s and I like talking about the 80s. So when I was in middle school and high school, every Saturday night, If I didn't have plans with my friends, I was doing the same thing. And that was listening to the American Top 40 Countdown with Casey Kasem. And it took three hours, but he counted them down from number 40 to number one, the Billboard pop chart every single week. And I loved listening to that. And actually, a lot of radio stations in America have, on the weekend, Um, actually they do throwbacks where they'll replay, um, one of the countdowns from the seventies or the eighties where I live. It's on Sunday morning from nine to noon that they'll replay, um, one of the countdowns from the seventies or the eighties. So I love countdowns. I love lists. I love the eighties. We're not going to count down a bunch of music today, but we are going to have a countdown today. And if you were listening to episode 33 last week, We had a countdown last week, too. And last week, we were counting down the top 10 leadership books for private school leaders. And the reason we were doing that is because I was giving you your summer reading list. Because even though we are super busy during the summertime, we as private school leaders might have a little bit more time, a little bit of time to squeeze in reading a book during the summer. And last week, we talked about leadership books And this week, we're going to count down the top 10 productivity books for busy private school leaders. We all want to be more productive. Well, I'm going to tell you with my, over the last 32 years, I've read a lot of productivity books. And I think that these are the best 10 that would be applicable for busy private school leaders. But before we get into that, 
um, I wanted to let you know that I've created a free resource for you called the top six ways to protect your school from a lawsuit. And this is a 10 page PDF that will help you keep your staff and students safe and keep your school out of court. Litigation is expensive and time consuming and very stressful. And this is a common sense guide that will help you be more intentional and proactive when it comes to protecting your school. And you can get the top six ways to protect your school from a lawsuit at theprivateschoolleader.com slash lawsuit. And that's a gift for you just to say thank you for listening to the podcast. And if you've gotten value from listening to any of the episodes of this podcast, I would love to work with you one-on-one. And I would love to take my experience and help you feel less overwhelmed and less frustrated and help you have success if you're a brand new leader. And I also work with private school leaders who are aspiring heads of school and they want to accelerate their leadership growth. And I work with experienced leaders that are moving on to a new school and they want to get off to a great start and have a 90-day entry plan. And so if I'm describing describing you, you can go over to theprivateschoolleader.com slash coaching to learn more about working with me one-on-one. And that's theprivateschoolleader.com slash coaching. And one last thing, I would love to hear from you. We've gotten uh, so much great feedback. I've gotten so much great feedback from podcast listeners all over the world. This podcast is now being listened to in 43 countries, and that's amazing. Um, And if you're getting value from the podcast, just drop me a few sentences at mark.o.minkus at gmail.com. That's m-a-r-k.o.m-i-n-k-u-s at gmail.com. And I'd love to hear about a strategy that you're using or something that encouraged you or maybe your biggest pain point from this past school year. And I can better serve you and maybe come up with a podcast episode uh, about that pain point. So um, drop me a line and I would love to hear from you. Okay. So that's the intro out of the way. And I want to jump into our countdown of the top 10 productivity books for busy private school leaders. Number 10, First Things First by Stephen Covey. So this is an oldie but a goodie. And when I say oldie, it's from 1994. Hopefully that doesn't make anybody cringe that something from 1994 is considered an oldie but a goodie. But you probably recognize Stephen Covey's name from The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And that book, I mentioned it last week. Um, and the first things first is one of the habits of highly successful people. And this book just really goes in depth on that specific habit. And it shows you quote, how to stop looking at the clock and start looking at the compass by figuring out what's important, prioritizing those things in your life, developing a vision for the future building the right relationships, and becoming a strong leader wherever you go, end quote. So the whole idea of looking at the compass instead of the clock is elaborated on in another quote from Stephen Covey where he says, quote, where you are headed is more important than how fast you are going. I want you to think about that one for a minute. So as private school leaders, we move pretty fast. We are good at getting a lot of things done and we are go, go, go all the time. But I'm guilty of not always making sure that all of this work 
is going in the right direction. And so you've probably heard it said before that if you leave New York in an airplane and you're headed for Los Angeles, that if the, if the course is just a few degrees off, that over the course of, of flying over 3,000 miles, instead of landing in Los Angeles, you're going to land in Seattle. And so we are always moving fast, but are we moving in the right direction? And so there are three big lessons, three big takeaways from this book, this productivity book called First Things First by Stephen Covey. And here's lesson number one. Ditch the status symbol of urgency and attend to things based on importance. So urgency and being busy is a status symbol in North America, in the Western world, because there is just all of this stuff in our culture that if you're not busy, you must be lazy. And, you know, all this, you got to grind and you've got to get up earlier and you got to stay up later. And a lot of it is, is that entrepreneurial thinking has become very popular and kind of glamorized over the last um, decade or so. And so even as private school leaders, you know, we have this sense of urgency and it's a status thing to talk about how busy we are. You know, um, last week there was a day where I was heating up my lunch at 4 PM and, um, I didn't bump into anybody on my way back to my office, but if I had, I might've been like, Oh, yep. Eating lunch, you know, busy, 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 because it's kind of a status symbol of how busy we are. And another thing that happens ditching the status symbol of urgency and intending attending to things by importance is, is that we get a dopamine hit when we accomplish something on our to-do list, but often we are accomplishing many, many low value tasks and we are getting that dopamine hit, but we're not taking the time to work on the important things. All right. That was lesson one. Lesson two from first things first is what does your ideal 80th birthday look like? Um, and so again, thinking ahead and then kind of working backwards and the idea is, have you ever met someone who found it really easy to make decisions and you envied them? Well, chances are that person had a strong vision for the future. And for us knowing where we want to be or where we want our schools to be in five or 10 years, it makes aligning today's decisions with the future easier and gives us that direction. Again, the compass instead of the clock. And then lesson three is switch from an independence and competition mindset to an attitude of interdependence and cooperation. And again, our culture, it's kind of that rugged individualist leader, lone wolf leader. And somehow, some way we've adopted this thinking. Some of us have adopted this thinking that it's a display of weakness if we have to ask for help. Um, and if you're suffering from imposter syndrome, you don't want to ask for help because somehow that's evidence that you don't know what you're doing. So there's a lot packed into this book and number 10 on our countdown of the top productivity books for busy private school leaders is first things first by Stephen Covey. All right. On to number nine, number nine, never check email in the morning by Julie Morgenstern for what it's worth. Some of us view Oprah Winfrey as if you are Oprah Winfrey's favorite organization expert, as Julie Morgan Stern is, then that matters. Um, and so 
Julie Morgenstern is Oprah Winfrey's favorite organization expert and was on her show many times and is still consulted in her magazine and in other media platforms. And so if you look at Never Check Email in the Morning, you would assume, based on the title, that that's the main tactic, the main strategy of the book. And I'll get to that in a moment, but Basically, the, the purpose of this book is to help readers, quote, achieve the seemingly impossible, boost value and job security without sacrificing personal life. In this book, Morgan Stern teaches innovative grab-and-go solutions that can be processed in as few as 15 minutes to dramatically improve performance and efficiency, end quote. So that's taken from the summary of the book. But having read the book myself, um, a couple of my big takeaways um, is don't check email the first hour of the day. And I've done a couple of episodes on this podcast about productivity hacks, and I can link that episode in the show notes at theprivateschoolleader.com slash episode 34, which by the way, I will list all of these books. I'll have links to all of these books in the show notes. But if you don't believe me that that's possible, that you could actually not check email the first hour of the day, or maybe even not check email the first two or three hours of the day, I want to tell you that it is possible and it is sustainable. And to remind you that your email inbox is a chronological list of everyone else's priorities. And so I'll link that, um, the, I think it's... Um, Hacks, Productivity Hacks for Busy Private School Leaders is the title. I'll link that in today's show notes. But back to Julie Morgenstern's book. Um, Beware of multitasking is another big takeaway. Scattering your efforts makes for a longer day. And then she talks about control the nibblers. And for her, for um, Morgenstern, the nibblers are perfectionism um, and procrastination and interruptions and meetings. And so she has a lot of really good advice about how to kind of get some of those things back in control as far as instead of everyone else being in control of your day, that you have a little bit more control in your day. And I just want to pause for a second. I know that we're talking about productivity books and I just want to still say that I get it. You know, I've been a private school leader for over 30 years. I know that we go around and we put out a lot of fires and that you might have the best plan for a day to be productive. And then it just goes sideways because a kid hits another kid at recess and a parent shows up at the school and the board president is on the phone and wants to talk to you and the heat stops working in the building, you know, all at the same time. So I get that. But we also can be proactive about our day and can reduce some of these things that take away time. And um, Morgan Stern has what she calls an inside out approach. And her book helps to diagnose the source of workplace problems and solve them quickly. So I'm a big fan of Julie Morgan Stern. Um, and her book, Never Check Email in the Morning, is number nine on our list. And then that takes us to number eight. And number eight is the only book that was on the book on the list of leadership books last episode and is on the list of productivity books this episode. 
And the book is The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. And I'll just hit these habits again quickly. Habit number one, be proactive. Remember that you have the power to choose how you react to every situation. Habit number two, begin with the end in mind. Think about what you want people to say about you at your funeral, your eulogy. You write your eulogy now. Also, remember that the first thing you do when going on a trip is enter the destination into your GPS. So habit number two, begin with the end in mind. Habit number three, put first things first. You must decide what the big rocks are and put them into that big jug first. You've probably heard that story of um, the little tiny pebbles in the sand and the water. Um, If not, um, go back and listen to the episode that I will link in the show notes, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective Private School Leaders, and that'll be there for you. Habit number four, think win-win. Use courage and consideration so that all parties can benefit from your interactions with them. Habit number five, seek first to understand, then to be understood. Listen for the real problem because it is usually not the first problem. Um, Habit number six, synergize. We can always accomplish more together than we can by ourselves. And habit number seven, sharpen the saw. Your most important asset is you. Number eight on our countdown of productivity books is The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. All right, on to number seven. This is a book by Rory Vaden called Procrastinate on Purpose. And the tagline is Five Permissions to Multiply Your Time. And this book is brilliant. Um, Rory Vaden has a a TED Talk that's brilliant. Um, And he talks about how to multiply your time by doing things today that will give you more time tomorrow. And he also also talks about how procrastination is not always a bad thing. Sometimes it is, but not always. And so these are the five permissions that Rory Vaden talks about. Number one, eliminate, which is permission to ignore. Number two, automate, which is permission to invest. Number three, delegate, which is permission to be imperfect. Number four, procrastinate, which is permission to be incomplete. And number five is concentrate, which is permission to protect. So book number six, excuse me, book number five, Procrastinate on Purpose by Rory Vaden. Book number six, Off the Clock by Laura Vanderkam. Laura Vanderkam is on this list twice and very impressed with her. And this first book that we're going to talk about is called Off the Clock, Feeling Less Busy While Getting More Done, which again, I realize that sounds like, yeah, right. But she talks about time poverty versus time abundance. And a quote here, quote, it is easy to fall into false narratives of time poverty, but choosing to change your story from I'm too busy to I have time for what matters to me can make you see possibilities in time. Such possibilities can make any garden bloom, end quote. Now, I know that out of context that that quote might make you roll your eyes, but she talks about time perception score when someone has something to look forward to that they're doing, whether it's in the evening or on the weekend or a trip that's coming up, that they have a they view things through a, an abundance 
lens as opposed through a time poverty lens. And time poverty is I don't have any time to do anything. And so our mindset about time has a lot to do with whether or not we are, how we feel about time has a lot to do with how we use our time and the decisions that we make. And another thing, and, and this was in my episode about productivity hacks, is to decide what time you're going to stop working every day. And I can't get into that right now for the sake of time, but I'll link that um, episode and elaborate more on what I mean by decide what time you're going to stop working every day. And then a couple more big takeaways from Laura Vanderkam's book, Off the Clock, um, studying the time logs of people with the highest time perception scores and interviewing them. I found that these tactics fell into three categories of time liberation, declaring independence, and creating time dividends. So again, those are three um, things that are hard to take out of context, but very big ideas in this book and very impressive um, book. And the final takeaway would be um, talking about a thing she calls calendar triage on Friday afternoon. And so... Our countdown number six, Off the Clock by Laura Vanderkam. And that brings us to the top five. And number five is the most straightforward, easiest read, shortest book on this list. And it's called Eat That Frog, 21 Ways to Stop Procrastinating and Get More Done in Less Time by Brian Tracy. And it's just over 100 pages, easy to pick up and put down, 21 strategies, very simple, very bite-sized and the idea behind that title, Eat That Frog, is, is that he says if you start the day eating a live frog, it is a safe bet that that will be the worst thing that you have to do all day. And so he talks about how working on your most important, highest value task first, and maybe your most uncomfortable task first, will, incre- will make you incredibly productive um, and also will mean that you're not working on that task late in the day or in the evenings. Um, And I know that I do that a lot because I procrastinate the most difficult task because I don't want to do it. And so I could get a lot of dopamine hits from some low value tasks being um, put a line through them on my to-do list. Um, But he talks about um, the power of planning your day in advance, writing down your most important goals and tasks Um, I like when he says, when Brian Tracy says technology is a terrible master, but technology is a wonderful servant. And there's just a lot of um, really good strategies in book number five, Eat That Frog by Brian Tracy. All right, number four on our list. The second time this author appears on our list, his name is Rory Vaden, and this book is called Take the Stairs. So, In Take the Stairs, Rory Vaden talks about how most Western cultures have adopted what he calls an quote-unquote escalator mentality, where shortcuts are preferable to hard work and self-discipline. And he says at the beginning of this book, I am not prepared to leave my life's success up to chance. It's the things that seem easy in the short term that become harder in the long run, because procrastination and indulgence are nothing more than creditors who charge us interest. So a big idea is about being very intentional about um, your, your day and your life. 
and also how um, he talks another big idea is about how procrastination and indulgence are creditors that charge us interest and how over a long period of time that that just causes a lot of problems in our lives. And he has seven principles for simplifying self-discipline to liberate your potential. And so, again, this book is about applying self-discipline to our lives and to our time management, which, you know, for what it's worth, I have said this once before, I realize that we have a lot of things that are out of our control, but I've found that if we apply some self-discipline to our day, to our week, that we can make it better. And he talks about these seven principles, sacrifice, commitment, focus, integrity, schedule, faith, and action. Um, And another couple of quotes, the amount of endurance and the intensity of your focus is directly proportional to the clarity of your vision. And we've talked about that on this podcast before, about a strong, compelling, clear reason why, and then that increases our endurance and our intensity and our focus. And then the last quote, in business, what you don't get done today can always be done tomorrow with family. What doesn't happen today is gone forever. There's a lot in this book from Rory Vaden called Take the Stairs about prioritizing work over our relationships with our family and our friends. And as private school leaders, we all need to hear a little more about that. All right, we're up to the top three productivity books for busy private school leaders. And number three is called Hero on a Mission by Donald Miller. And this is actually a fairly new book. It came out in January 2022, and I immediately fell in love with this book, as which is why it's number three on the list. And this book is kind of like a really good time management book, plus Viktor Frankl's book, Man's Search for Meaning, plus the elements of storytelling. And that combination just is very powerful. And here on a mission, it's it's about the hero's journey, but kind of putting yourself in that story and then talking about um, Man's Search for Meaning and how that book changed his life and how to take some elements of that book and then apply it to the decisions that we make and the way that we manage our time. And um, I mentioned the, the storytelling elements. And so he talks about the four characters in every story, the victim, the villain, the hero, and the guide, and how these characters live inside of us. And that if we play the victim, we're doomed to fail. If we play the villain, we will not create genuine bonds and relationships. But if we play the hero or the guide, our lives will flourish. And the hard part is being self-aware to know which character we're playing in our life story. And I want you to think about that for a minute because, I mean, he does such a good job of explaining it. Um, And to drill down with the reader to help you figure out what role you're playing in your life story right now. Um, and he uses his own experience, his own experiences to help the reader recognize what character is currently surfacing in your life. Cause that's another thing is, is that at different times in our life, we could have different characters that are surfacing in our story. Um, and this book is transformational yet practical. And it's a plan 
that took him from slowly giving up to rapidly gaining a new perspective on his own life's beauty and meaning, igniting his motivation, passion, and productivity so that you can do the same, end quote. So that last few sentences there from the the description. And then a few last things on um, Donald Miller's book here on a mission. Um, These are just a few bullets of some stuff that is in the book, some takeaways. Um, Create a simple life plan that will bring clarity and meaning to your goals ahead. Take control of your life by choosing to be the hero in your story. Cultivate a sense of creativity about what your life could be. Move beyond being productive to experiencing a deep sense of meaning. And identify the many chances that you have of being the hero in your life and the times you're falling into the trap of being the victim. And I just really love this book, um, Here on a Mission by Donald Miller. And um, it's unique. Um, It's just such a unique way of approaching um, time management. But also I see so many um, things that are valuable to private school leaders. And it was certainly a very important book um, to me. So book number three on our countdown is Here on a Mission by Donald Miller. That brings us to number two, 168 Hours, You Have More Time Than You Think by Laura Vanderkam. And I told you that Laura Vanderkam was on this list twice. When you hear 168 hours, you have more time than you think, that title might make you cringe. You probably know there are 168 hours in the week. Um, And you say, yeah, more time than I think. Yeah, right. But um, if you don't believe that, then maybe you need to check out this book or at least check out her TED Talk. And so... One of the things that she does is she interviews a lot of successful, happy people that are really good at allocating their time and then looks for things that are common among those people. And what she found is that instead of letting the daily grind crowd out the important stuff, that those people start by making sure that there's time for the important stuff. And she uses an example of a woman that is a very busy um, executive with four children, a working mom, and um, she had her week all planned out. And then her hot water heater, the bottom fell out and her basement was flooded. And she was doing a time log at the time for Laura Vanderkam. And this very busy mom executive, somehow she was able to find seven hours in her week to deal with that water heater between making some calls and being at the house to let someone in and just the different things that had to happen to get this water heater and the water in the basement and the damage that it caused to get that all squared away. It was seven hours. So her point is, is, well, where did those seven hours come from? Um, and, and it's very interesting how she takes that example and then twists it around for us to do what I said a few minutes ago, which is to put the important stuff on our calendar first. Um, And she says that um, busy people focus on what they do best and only what they can do. And when plans go wrong, they run out of time and only their lesser priorities suffer. And that's what happened with this person with the hot water heater. Um, And so I really love this book too, because um, it is just a way to actually have time to do certain things. Um, and the, uh, I'll just tell you two big takeaways. One is 
what I call white space. And so the white space on my calendar, if I don't fill it up, someone else is going to claim it. And I have conversations with my, um, the person that I work with, that's the head of lower school. And she and I do the same exact thing when it comes to our calendars. And what we do is, is that we claim white space on our calendars for the things that are important. And so for example, I'll have on there, um, Tuesday morning from seven 30 to seven 50, go to intermediate school homerooms, or I'll have things on there about spending time with my family or schedule myself to go to the soccer game or to go to these different um, places where I can be around things that are going to happen more often. Explain what I mean. So on episode 32, I talked about how we were reflecting and asking ourselves questions about the year that had just concluded to make next year better. And one of the questions that I asked you to think about asking yourself was what energized you the most? What are one, two or three things that energized you the most? And I talked about how you can actually schedule yourself to be more often in the places where those things happen. So you can not control when things happen, like an amazing interaction with a kid or things of that nature, but you can schedule yourself to be there because I know we've all come to the end of a week and been like, man, I've been so busy this week. I feel like I haven't even seen the kids. And so um, claiming that white space on the calendar, filling it with the important things, kind of going back to that first things first mentality. And then the other big idea that I really like from Vanderkam is that she talks about thinking about your year-end review for next year and thinking about it today. And what would you like for next year's year-end review to say about you? What kind of amazing year did you have? What did you accomplish? What does that look like? And then reverse engineer that and intentionally schedule time into your calendar to make those things happen. So again, I'm a big fan of Laura Vanderkam. And number two on our list is the book 168 Hours. And that brings us to number one. The number one productivity book for busy private school leaders is called Getting Things Done by David Allen. And the tagline is Getting Things Done, The Art of Stress-Free Productivity. And I want to just... I mean, this book, <laughs> it is a little bit dense. Um, there is a lot here, but if you can really get into it, I have not found another book. That's why it's number one. I've not found a better book on how to take all the chaos, the tyranny of the urge, and all the things that we deal with as private school leaders and actually get a little bit of control back and have a system that is sustainable and that actually helps us be more productive and less stressed. And so he has three key objectives and I'm just going to read a quote here. So number one is capturing, number two is directing, and number three is curating. So capturing is that is all the things that might need to get done or have usefulness now, later, someday, big, little, in between, and then in a logical and trusted system outside of your head and off your mind, they have to be captured and written down or put into a Google Doc or whatever it is. Because our 
brain hates open loops. I'm going to talk about that in a minute. But capturing things reduces our stress. And then number two, directing, directing yourself to make front end decisions about all the inputs you let into your life so that you always have a workable inventory of next actions that you can implement or renegotiate in the moment. Now, I know that that's a mouthful, but it's the idea of having some control over the inputs and then taking inventory and then make, taking next actions on those and then pivoting in the moment if you have to. And then number three is curating. And so curating and coordinating all of that content, utilizing the recognition of the different levels of commitment with yourself and with others that will be at play at any point in time. And he does a great job of helping us prioritize things based on, is this something that we have to do? Is this something that the board president gave to us? Is this something that we want to do and that, or that we should do? And just so the, again, the, the simplicity of, um, I'm just, I'm taking something and making it simple. Um, as simple as possible, capturing, directing, curating. And um, I wanted to just wrap it up by talking of this, wrap up this specific book from David Allen, Getting Things Done, with talking about open loops. And so anything that does not belong where it is, the way it is, is an open loop. And that open loop will be pulling on our attention if it's not appropriately managed. And he says many times that the brain is wonderful at creative ideas, but it is a terrible office. And we think that we're supposed to use our brain like an office and that we can file things and retrieve things. And the brain was never intended to do that. It's a terrible office. And we have all of these technology, this all this technology to be able to capture things. And capturing open loops cause stress because we're always wanting to close that loop. And the, and the way that we can do that is by capturing, directing, and curating. So number one on our list, Getting Things Done by David Allen. So I'm going to run back through these, but our big takeaways are that summer is a time when we have a little bit of time to read a book. Last week, I gave you the top 10 leadership books, in my opinion, top 10 leadership books for private school leaders. And this week, in my opinion, these are the top 10 productivity books for busy private school leaders. Number one, Getting Things Done by David Allen. Number two, 168 Hours by Laura Vanderkam. Number three, Hero on a Mission by Donald Miller. Number four, Take the Stairs by Rory Vaden. Number five, Eat That Frog by Brian Tracy. Number six, Off the Clock by Laura Vanderkam. Number seven, Procrastinate on Purpose by Rory Vaden. Number eight, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. Number nine, Never Check Email in the Morning by Julie Morgenstern. And number 10, First Things First by Stephen Covey. And again, those are in the show notes at theprivateschoolleader.com slash episode 34. And really what it comes down to, just like with the leadership books, you were thinking about, okay, well, do I want a book about culture? Do I want a book about, um, you know, servant leadership? Do I want a book about, you know, how to make my why more compelling? Do, you know, so there are a lot of different books. And and on this list, even though it's all about time management and productivity, there are, are many different 
um, books where you know, or maybe you can have a little reflective practice and think about, okay, well, which one of these sounds like the best fit for me and what my challenges are with my time management and productivity at school. And so your call to action is to read one book this summer, whether it's a leadership book or a productivity book, or maybe if you really want to go crazy, one leadership book, one productivity book between now and the end of the summer. All the links are there for you in the show notes. And I just wanted to wrap it up and tell you about another free guide that I have for you called Five Strategies to Help You Work with Difficult Parents. And working with parents is demanding and emotional and difficult, but I've created a guide that will give you the tools you need to build better relationships and have better meetings with difficult parents at your school. And you can get that at the privateschoolleader.com slash parents. Also, um, you can check me out on Twitter at the PS Leader or on Instagram at the Private School Leader. And I hope you got value from this episode. Please subscribe to the podcast. And I'd love if you've gotten help from any of the episodes that you would share this podcast with other leaders at your school or especially aspiring leaders at your school. And I've been your host, Mark Minkus. I just want to say I appreciate you and all of the hard work that you're doing at your school. Thanks for taking some of your precious time to join me here today. And I will see you next time on the Private School Leader Podcast. And until then, always remember to serve first, lead second, and make a difference.